With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's fascinating to listen to President Biden blame gas price increases on Putin. We got a long way to go because of inflation, because of the, I call it the Putin tax increase. Putin because of gasoline and all that grain he's keeping from being able to get to the market. <laughs> Which, by the way, you want to hear something kind of funny? This is totally a side note rabbit trail. 630K How Denver's Talk Station. I am Leland Conway. Texas show directly 57739. 57739. Started off with Leland, so it goes in the right box. You can also uh, do a quick talk back to us. Just go to the live feed of uh, KHOW while I'm on the air. Click the microphone button, and it will let you send up to 30 seconds of your thoughts. You can get that in. If you don't say anything that uh, violates the FCC's policies, we'll be happy to put you on the air and respond to it, so make that happen. Uh, follow me on Twitter. It's at Leland Show, and on Instagram, at GreatlyLondo. Okay, so quick side trail, and we're, we're uh, scheduled to talk to Michael Fields in just a minute. He's president of the Advanced Colorado Institute, and they are suing Governor McPhee much for his unlawful gas fee, and I'll get into that in a second. But just real quick, uh, it's interesting to watch uh, Biden, you know, blame this on Putin when it's so very clear that his policies have been the the reason that gas prices have gone up. I mean, he said on the campaign trail he promised to bankrupt coal and gas and fossil fuels. He said it. And now here he is calling this the Putin tax increase. We got a long way to go because of inflation, because of the, I call it the Putin tax increase. Putin because of gasoline and all that grain he's keeping from being able to get to the market. All right, there's a, here's, the, here's the rabbit trail I was going to chase. Do you know what's going on in the Netherlands right now? This is crazy. So in the Netherlands, so the European Union passed this thing. This is why you'd never want to be part of an organization like this. Um, the European Union passed this thing where they all agreed that they were going to cut emissions by a certain amount, by a certain date. And one of the ways they're doing that is they're getting rid of um, basically the fertilizer that the countries that actually grow food use to grow their crops and to feed their animals. And they're getting rid of this. And so what happened is they've essentially put a bunch of farmers in the Netherlands out of business. So these farmers have gone to protest. And now the police are actually shooting at them in the Netherlands. And you don't see this on news news media here in America. And there's a reason for that. They don't want you to know what's going on. And it's crazy because all the sources that I have on this all come from, you know, European news outlets and uh, news outlets in Asia and all that kind of stuff reporting on this. But we have these these protests going on, and what's cra- crazy is that this is going to cause even more food shortages at a time when we're about to have food shortages. So the point I'm making in all of this is that green climate crap is what is going to defeat us, the Western civilization, in the eyes of the evil empire that is rising. You have China and Russia and Iran and others that are coming together, and they recognize this weakness. They see blood in the water. This is why Russia invaded Ukraine in the first place. They know we have nothing to fight with because we have tied our own hands behind our back. 
So you have this president who is out there completely feckless, denying us access to our own oil, to our own gas, and going out there and blaming Putin for the problems. And we're doing the same thing here in Colorado. I mean, driving back through the state after our trip this weekend up to Wyoming, I was just, you know, passing, we were passing some um, oil wells in uh, beautiful northern Colorado in the mountains, and I was like, this is awesome, man. You poke a hole in the ground, you get what's in there out, you cap the hole off, and it looks like nobody was ever here. Why can't we access this? And it's because of this green climate crap that we're chasing. And again, I'm not saying I don't want clean air, but I am saying that you have to have prosperity if, in fact, you want to actually achieve whatever the next big energy system is. So I find that interesting, and of course it's Putin's fault. All right, B-Large, did, did we get Michael or yes or no? Oh, he is? Okay, I thought I heard you come, uh, I, I thought I heard you talk in my ear, and I just wasn't 100% sure. So, um, so I want to go to this thing, speaking of this here in the state. Governor Polis passed an unlawful gas fee, basically, that's tied to a bunch of other fees, delivery fees. Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to raise billions of dollars over time, and it's going to do it by strangling small businesses and you and me. A little bit, you know, but it's death by a thousand cuts. I think the bill, Senate Bill 260 is going to be like $5.4 billion in new fees. It's insane. Absolutely insane. So going back to 2020, you, the Colorado voter, recognized that this was going to be a problem. And so you approved Proposition 117. And it was designed to address what was definitely coming down the pike. And this is a legislature that has a long history of going around the people's will. So you basically said you can't do any fees that amount to more than $100 million in revenue over the first five years. So to get around that, um, SB 260 was passed, and this bill created four fee-based enterprises, and they all tally under $100 million by themselves, but well above that when combined together. And the problem is these are all basically for the same stuff, which means it's violating the constitutional uh, Tabor Law, which is basically our Bill of Rights. And the Michael Fields, who is the president of the Advanced Colorado Institute, wrote a big piece on this in Complete Colorado, and I want to welcome him to the program. Michael, thanks for coming on. How are you? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Um, so you guys are suing Governor McPhee much because this violates – the very spirit and it appears even the letter of the law in terms of going around the people to try to achieve these fees. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, we have a simple principle here in Colorado that if government wants more money, they have to ask us. That's the, the heart of Tabor. And we knew that they started using fees years ago uh, where they would take, you know, say it's not a tax, it's a fee. And so we can charge it. It can be whatever we want it to be and can be however much we want it to be. So they started passing this. And so we decided in, in 2020, as you mentioned, to write and pass uh, Proposition 117. And we knew that they would try this type of move where they said, you know what, we're going to split these fees up. We're going to break it up so it doesn't go over this $100 million mark. And so we put in the language that if something is serving primarily the same purpose. And I remember when we were going through talking to staff about this, uh, you know, going through the blue book process and all that, we said, we don't want them to split up a transportation fee, for example, into five different areas. It's almost exactly what they ended up doing. And so, yeah, we're suing, uh, you know, and putting this through the court process, you know, not sure how it'll turn out given how the, the courts are, 
but it definitely violates uh, Proposition 117, and we think it violates Tabor because they just straight up moved the Tabor cap and took $225 million per year for this program. So they're finding every way to get more money for us at a time when inflation's high and cost of living's high. Yeah, you you uh, specifically are suing them on both of those fronts. The other one was what you just mentioned, the raising the, t- the Tabor cap. I find that fascinating that they've mm-hmm. done this while at the same time uh, facing the people, you have Governor McPhee much with these big prices, right? Plastic checks where they're going to send everybody fifteen hundred dollars, yeah. and and they're going to do it right before his reelection. And then this 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 gas tax is being postponed until right after his reelection. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is so schmarmy. This is so slimy, Michael. Yeah, it is. Um, and you know, Governor Polis just thinks that Coloradans are, are stupid enough to buy it. That, you know, we're going to delay a two cent uh, gas fee increase this year until after the election, but we're going to implement 27 uh, cent fee on deliveries, 30 cent fees on ride right. sharing. Uh, you know, right. he's really saying, you know, we're saving you money, but somehow government has two billion dollars more than it did last year. Yeah. Um, you know, rate, wages aren't keeping up. This is just it's all rhetoric. And, you know, it's our job to, to call them out and say, no, you raise property taxes, you're raising the gas fee, you're raising these delivery fees. Uh, you know, how many increases they've had over the last few years is, is unbelievable. But you think about it, and that point about Tabor is we know the government can, can lower taxes whenever they want. They don't need voter approval to cut taxes. But to increase them, they have to go to us. And it's the same principle. If you lower the yeah. Tabor cap, you know, you get more revenue uh, if you raise it again, and then you have to go ask voters. So we think right. we have a pretty good case on it. Again, courts, you know, don't tend to, to love Tabor that much, but – the people have been clear. And, you know, and, and if we lose this, we'll go back again to the ballot cool. and try to reinforce it again. Yeah, I love this. I used the analogy the other day that Governor McPhee much mugs the taxpayer on the Capitol steps, steals a thousand dollars from him next day, yeah. sets a table up with flags and banners. And as that same taxpayer is walking by the table, hands him a hundred dollars back and wants to be thanked for it. I mean, that's essentially what he's doing. Yes. Yeah, it's all this that we're delaying or saving you money on stuff that we just increased last year or the year before, and it's only temporary, right? Like, this is exactly what's happening. It was funny because he said property taxes. We're gonna we're saving you $250 a year on property taxes. I'm like, but they're going up $1,200, right? So the right, net increase right. is $1,000 a year, and you're talking about saving it. And I think he just thinks, look, he has 25 or $50 million that he can spend on TV ads this year. And right. if he just keeps saying something enough that people will believe it. And so, yeah. again, it's our job to educate people, to actually talk about this stuff, to call him out on it, uh, because that's exactly what he's doing is revenue's going up and he's trying to say he's saving people money. So let's go back to the first part of your lawsuit. We're talking with Michael yeah. Fields. He's the president of the Advanced Colorado Institute. Um, what exactly is the are these five point four billion and the, the combination of these different fees? What exactly is it supposed to go for? Is it actually going to fix the potholes in the roads? Which, by the way, that should come out of money we were already taxed. But I mean, what exactly is the specific purpose for this money? Yeah, so there's a lot of different things in there. Uh, a large chunk of it is supposed to go uh, to to CDOT to fixing roads. Again, you know, this is what the money should have been going there all along. Right. Uh, we have that $38 billion budget. I've been talking for years about how we can do this with existing funds, uh, but they wanted more of them. So that's one chunk of it. But a lot of this is also transit. It's you know electric vehicle charging infrastructure. It's uh, pollution reduction programs. I mean, they're they dumping uh, you know, $100-plus into these different buckets 
of uh, you know stuff that isn't road fixing, and and, and they want to portray it as that though, because that's what everybody wants, right? Yeah. Everybody wants the yeah. roads fixed because they should be, um, but they're dumping money into a lot of this EV transit population reduction buckets. Um, but again, like our argument in the legal thing is that this is in one bill, right? They passed right. one bill. You have to have single subject here in Colorado, so it's either violating single subject or. Uh, you know, it's all serving primarily the same purpose, which is transportation. Uh, and so that's why, you know, we're saying you're you're going trying to get around voters will uh, and not repealing the law. You know, they could go and repeal the law if they wanted, but they didn't do that. Right. So this should I, go I, to, to voters. I think that's where you're going to get them. The, the single subject, because they pass it as a package, which is mm-hmm. a, if I'm if I'm a judge and I'm looking at this, I'm going, wait. If these are supposed to be separate programs with separate fees for right for separate purposes, why are they all in the same bill that has the same general purpose overall? Right. Like if I'm a judge, I got to look at that and be like, this is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, you would think. Right. But I think politics when it comes to or courts, when it comes to Tabor is always a little bit different. So I think if you just put this into, you know, if this is law class, law, uh, you know, law school class, that would make total sense. But we'll see what happens. Uh, But we're not going to, you know, even if we lose, we're going to keep fighting it. Good. Well, I'm glad you guys are out there doing that because I I think that people are fed up with it. Um, I think it's I think there's a I don't know. I mean, I'm not psychic or anything, but I feel this low vibe of discontent amongst Coloradans when I travel around the state. Um, And I feel like there's a lot of people on Capitol Hill that are underestimating the power of that vibe. Does that make sense to you? I mean, I think people are just done with this. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that people are fed up with what's going on. And Polis is the example of doing this time and time again. The Democrats are, they don't want to save people money. They don't want people to be more safe, but it's election year. And so they're trying to to make that case. And so we have to stay on it. We have to do the lawsuits. We have to push for bills. We have to go back to the people with ballot issues. Uh, It's a marathon, not a sprint. And so, you know, we're going to, we're going to keep fighting it because we care about Colorado. Right on. Hey, uh, Michael, keep us uh, posted about this because we'll have you on again. And and I want to I'll help in any way I can, because people need to know that this information is out there and they need to know how they're getting duped. Awesome. Thanks for having me on. All right. Have a good one. Uh, Michael Fields, president, advanced Colorado Institute. They're suing Governor McPhee much over these ridiculous fees. And I do. I feel like there's a low vibe among the people that's just like uh, we've had it. We know what you're doing. We're on to you now. Because you know why? I think it's because now that times are tough, people are paying a lot more attention. And I don't think that I think that keeps those politicians from being able to get away with it. So, all right. Real quick here. um, Another subject I wanted to try to get to today, and I may get into this a little more in depth tomorrow because it's just it's phenomenal to me. We're now at a place where apparently pregnancy centers remember, um, I still don't believe Governor McPhee much has condemned the violence that happened at the pregnancy center in Longmont where they tried to burn it down um, after the Roe versus Wade decision. But keep in mind that um, pregnancy centers typically are just an alternative to an abortion, right? They're like some mothers really struggle with the decision and they might want to keep the baby. They don't know what to do. And so there are people at these centers who can, one, Maybe give them some reasons why they should keep the baby Two, give them support should they make that decision to do so. Apparently, we are now at a place in America where a United States senator believes that those kinds of locations, those pregnancy centers 
should be banned. Senator Warren also taking aim at pregnancy crisis centers. Here in Massachusetts, these so-called uh, crisis pregnancy centers outnumber genuine abortion clinics by three to one. By the way, this is WCBV in uh, Boston. And it's like, whoa, isn't that terrible that people who want to help mothers make the decision to bring their pregnancy full term, that they outnumber those that want their uh, these mothers babies? Isn't that a ter- terrible thing? the worst thing facing America right now? She says women walk into the centers believing they'll get abortions. Instead, they try to talk women out of it. She calls it a bait and switch. Oh, no. Persuasion is being deployed. Oh, no. Other reasons for why maybe you should make a different decision is being deployed. Oh, no's. They are giving it over to people who wish them harm. And that has to stop. We need to put a stop to that in Massachusetts. It's right now. So this is the twisted place we've arrived at in America. And we wonder why we're a broken nation with violence and crime and a lack of moral values. Because now a United States senator, not like a crazy crackpot nut job, far right or far left House member, which is fairly common. But a United States senator is saying that we should ban organizations that provide a support system for women who choose to actually carry their baby to term but have low means to be able to achieve that. They're saying that that should be banned and that that is somehow causing harm to the people who are keeping their babies. It is an unbelievable place that we have arrived at. It's kind of like Kamala Harris after Roe versus Wade warning people that their sons can't get indiscriminate nookie anymore. And when we think about it, everyone has something at risk on this. First of all, if you are a parent of sons, do think about what this means for the life of your son and what that will mean in terms of the choices he will right. have. Right. Like, oh, no, your son should probably decide to grow up and be a man. And take care of his family. That's terrible. That should be banned. But that identifies correctly that the left is all about sexualization. I have a theory on why, and we'll get into this next. Just wait till you hear what they're doing with nine-year-olds in Washington State. That's coming up at 3. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 31. I am Leland Conway. 630 KHOW. Denver's talk station. Uh, Per listener request, somebody texted the show and said, will you uh, post that story by the Advanced Colorado Institute about them suing Governor McPhee much? Done. I just posted it on Twitter. So it's on Twitter, and you can follow me on Twitter. It is at Leland Show. So go there. You can get the uh, page two complete Colorado story about uh, the lawsuit against Governor McPhee much. People need to know about this. Share it. Share it widely. Where was I? Oh, yes. <clears throat> so yesterday we talked to uh, Nicole Solis, and uh, she is having trouble getting information out of her school board in Rhode Island. Then that has drawn her activism, has drawn the attention of the National Education Association. They are suing her 
or at least naming her in a lawsuit, which is the same thing, trying to bully her out of asking for this information. Um, and she wants to know what is being taught in schools. And if you think that there's nothing to worry about, wait until you hear this story. Before I do, I want to go back to the soundbite I played of Kamala Harris, the vice president, her reaction on CNN to the Roe versus Wade thing. This is one of the things that she said. And when we think about it, everyone has something at risk on this. First of all, if you are a parent of sons, do think about what this means for the life of your son and what that will mean in terms of the choices he will have. Right. That's terrible. He will have to make choices to actually um, keep his commitments to not hook up every other night with every other girl, to uh, understand that there are consequences to the decisions that we make. Um, again, withholding the aspect of, uh, of rape or incest, everything else is a choice. There are consequences to the choices we make. And I think the other thing about this soundbite is that it so encapsulates the idea and attitudes of the left these days and this whole process of undermining the nuclear family and making real wrong and or making true uh, false and making false true and making um, all these different uh, accusations that objective truth is being undermined and so on and so forth. This soundbite totally encapsulates the left because everything they think of is sexualized. It's all centered around this sort of either sexual identity or sex or pleasure or desire. And look, at, I'm not a prude. I remember when um, I started out in talk radio, I was working in Lexington, Kentucky, and there was a big fight locally about a hustler store opening up in the city. And I defended the right of the hustler store to open up because I was like, look, if you don't want to see what's in the hustler store, don't go in the hustler store, right? While I am a social conservative in my own personal life, I am a social libertarian when it comes to politics. I don't want to force upon you my lifestyle. What I would rather do, and I fail at this regularly, but what I would rather do is try to live an example that makes you curious, asks me the questions, then maybe we have a conversation, maybe I convince you. But I don't want the government to do it. I'm not a prude in that sense. I don't care who you love. I don't care uh, what you identify as. I don't care what you do in your bedroom. I don't care. You do you, okay? But that being said, we have to have an understanding that there are consequences to our decisions and that, and I think the reason why there's so much focus on sexual identity and sex and all this stuff is because if we're distracted by that, we're not watching what they're really doing at the high level. Right. Because people who are chasing every single desire in their lives are not going to be enlightened enough to challenge the government's authority. And I think that's where this comes from. So that brings me to this. If you don't think there's anything to worry about in your kid's school, how about this story from The Washington Examiner? A school board official in Bellingham, Washington. Who owns a sex shop is offering sex ed classes for nine-year-olds at the sex shop. Now, first of all, I'm not going to cast judgment, but I wonder about a community that says, you know who we should elevate to the top of the school board? That person that owns the sex shop. Like, that seems like great, right? Like, and again, I'm not, I'm not against sex shops. I mean, you know, perfectly fine. And I don't have an issue with that, but I am kind of wondering what's going on here when I go, well, if that's who's on the board, what's creeping into the classroom, right? Well, the owner of the Wink Wink Boutique in Bellingham, Washington, is the director of the Bellingham School Board. And they are hosting a sex workshop titled Uncringe Academy, Sex Education 
without most of the awkward. For children ages 9 to 18 at the sex shop. Um, and they're charging $50. Again, you don't have to take your kids to this thing, right? I get that. I get that. And, oh, this is not a sanctioned school activity. I also get that, nor am I accusing them of this. But if you can't come to that place in your mind where you realize that nine-year-olds wandering around an adult sex toy store for a sex workshop is not the right place for nine-year-olds you have something wrong in your head if you can't understand that this is not the place now i'm not saying that some nine-year-olds might not be ready for the conversation with their parents they very much should be possibly could be possibly ready for that conversation but do you know who that conversation should be had with the parents and i question any parent who would take their kid to a place like this to have that talk. And if you think that's too much, if you think that's odd, if you think that's wrong, if you can't wrap your head around the fact that a nine-year-old shouldn't be in a sex shop talking about these things with people who are not their parents, then there's something wrong with the way you think. So ultimately, this is what I think is happening. I believe there is a concerted effort amongst the elite on the left to sexualize everything. And again, sex is great. It's awesome when it's with the right person. But at one time, we realized that it was an incredibly intimate act, and it was an incredibly important act, and that it was designed to be for procreation. And no, I'm not that person that says that you should... No, I'm not going to get into the whole religious connotations. I'm just simply saying it's a very important act that is part of the human relationship and part of the intimacy and part of the furthering of the human race. It absolutely is super important. And no, we shouldn't have a whole bunch of pre-conditions or apprehensions about it as adults and all that kind of thing. But nine-year-olds, no, it's not the time. It's not the time or the place. And what you do in your bedroom and what you do in your life, that's entirely up to you. I am not a prude. I am not you. I don't care. But again, what they're doing is they're sexualizing everything because if we're our base desires in other words if we don't have the ability as human beings to rise above the things that drive our most base desires and run our lives outside of that parameter and know that there's a place and a time for those things but they aren't to be front and center if we don't understand that we cannot govern ourselves and if we cannot govern ourselves we cannot be a free people there has to be some sort of societal agreement on what is acceptable and what is not and so then the question comes about, while this isn't necessarily a sanctioned activity for the school, when it is the owner of the shop who happens to be the head of the school board, one wonders what conversations are going on behind closed doors in those schools regarding these issues with those children. That should be a concern for everyone. And it's why activist parents like Nicole Solis, who again was on with us yesterday and was on Fox News this morning, are having the conversations and going for the fight that they're going for because it matters. Look, ultimately, if you find out what's being taught in classes and you're okay with it, I guess that's you. And you're the parent, and I'm not here to interfere with kids. If you take your kids to this event, I question your parenting skills, but that's just me, and I'm not here to interfere with your parenting skills. But I do believe if anybody out there thinks that it is okay for a 9-year-old to go to a setting like that, not with their parents, I mean, even if their parents are there, but I mean, outside, that's, that is a very intimate conversation to be had in a very intimate setting.
And if you can't wrap your head around that, that's part of what's wrong with America today. All right, coming up next, I have some really great news about dogs. You remember uh, when um, Dr. Evil McFauci was caught funding research on beagles, cruel, terrible, horrible research on beagles? I have an interesting and awesome and positive story about beagles being rescued from one of those research organizations And it's an awesome, uplifting story. We're going to finish out the show with that coming up at 3.51. I'm Leland Conway, 6.30 K, Denver's Talk Station. 6.30 K, How Denver's Talk Station. I am Leland Conway. Brian says, Leland, liberals are truly only liberal about three things, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Otherwise, they want to control every other aspect of your life. Well, it's it's, it's no mystery why those are the three things that they're liberal about. Because if you're distracted by those three things, you're not worried about what they're really trying to do. I'm just saying, let them eat cake. 630K, how? You can follow me on Twitter. I am Leland Show. I've already posted the link to this story. This is a great way, I think, to end the day because I I, I love this. My wife and I used to live in uh, Virginia, and one of the things we loved about Virginia, and it's also one of the things that we love about Colorado, and that is that it's a dog state. Everywhere we go in Colorado, people love dogs. They love animals in general, and I just like that because I believe that we were put on this planet to be stewards of God's amazing creation, and I think all of it is important. From the mountains and the streams to the plains and the hills to the oceans, the creeks, the rivers, but also the animals that inhabit it. God said be a steward. doesn't mean that I have any problems with eating the animals because certain animals are delicious, i.e. steak. Some pigs. It's good stuff, especially game meat. I love it. I love the idea of the cycle of life, so to speak. But there are certain animals that God clearly put on the planet to be our companions, to be our work partners, and I believe that that's dogs. I believe he intended for us to domesticate them and intended them for uh, them to be our companions. And I think half the time they're actually better than people. But I love this story out of Virginia. Virginia's a big dog-loving state. One of the things that I'm most proud of in my radio career when I was in Kentucky, I actually helped shepherd a bill through the legislature and was able to get both sides together because the conservatives were very leery of it. I was able to kind of work and massage things between my relationships with both parties to get the very first law passed in Kentucky that made it a a felony crime to actually uh, inflict torture on a domestic animal, a dog or a cat. And it didn't go far enough, but it went somewhere. And I was just glad for that, and I was proud of that effort because we were able to bring both sides together. In Virginia, it was no question about both sides. A federal judge in Lynchburg has signed off on a plan for the Humane Society to transfer about 4,000 beagles from a company that does research on these animals. They are shutting down. This company is shutting down a breeder mill that was designed to breed these animals to be sold into research. So do you remember when Dr. Evil McFouch was uh, caught funding this despicable research on beagles where they would stick their head hanging out of a cage and have these sand flies tear them up? It was disgusting. And this will not happen to these beagles. Apparently, the Humane Society and the U.S. government presented a joint plan uh, after U.S. District Judge Norman Moon refused the bids for permission of the company to sell more than 2,000 beagles to fulfill a sister company's research contract. So they were going to shut down the mill, but they were like, can we at least sell these 2,000 into research? And the judge was like, no, speak to the hand. Now the company is going to pay the Humane Society 100 bucks per beagle and 150 per nursing mother, 
uh, and a litter under eight weeks. The Humane Society will then transmit the fees to shelters in order to defray the cost of preparing the beagles for adoption. So throughout the state, and this, by the way, was bipartisan. Virginia's for dog lovers today, said Senator Bill Stanley, a Republican from Franklin County, Virginia, who sponsored legislation to protect dogs and cats at research facilities. Not saying there shouldn't be some research done with animals because clearly that helps us and it helps people and it saves lives, but it has to be done in a humane way if you're going to do it. And that's what this bill did. But anyway, they're releasing these beagles. They're going to shelters. There's money coming in to help the shelters that they're going to, to help prepare the way. And then they're going to be able to adopt out these 4,000 beagles. And I just think that's awesome, man. That hard, I, When I read that story, I, I'm not kidding you. I, 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 I actually teared up when I read the story about the Fouch funding that research on those beagles. I mean, I just, I can't. I don't, and and they would be in pain, and the 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 scientists would just ignore them, and it's just like I I can't understand how somebody could do that, and I understand we're trying to save people's lives, and I get all that kind of stuff, but it's like these are animals we're supposed to be stewards of them, and we can't put them in pain. My dogs are so uh, huge for me. Like when I walk in the house, and the reaction that I've come home, it's like I don't really care what anybody thinks about me because my dogs love me. You know, and it's just there's something therapeutic about that. I've seen therapy dogs help people that are dealing with major issues. So anyway, this is awesome. And these these beagles have a chance to go to a great home. And hey, if you want to drive to Virginia and adopt one, the number is five, four, oh, seven, two, one, six, oh, two, eight. So five, four, I, I posted the story. The numbers in the story. It's on Twitter. It'll be on my Facebook, too. So there you go. All right. We're on the precipice of some very crazy times. And I'm going to dive into that tomorrow. Dan Capitalist has a great show about evil coming up next. You better stay tuned for that. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.